Chapter 10, The Analyst Briefing It does not cost anything to brief an analyst. A lot of vendors don't realize this. The savvy ones do. The vetting process is more stringent than for an inquiry. You have to fill out a briefing request and send it in. You should know beforehand which analyst you want on the call. If you appeal to more than one, you may get several on the call. A briefing is a rare opportunity to get a full hour of an analyst's time. But do not read a bunch of bullet points to an analyst. Don't forget she has a full workload. If you don't keep her engaged, she'll be doing email and filling in her report from the previous call. Typically, you will have the AR person and a product person on the phone. The more senior the product person, the better. The CEO is even better if you are still a single product vendor. No matter who it is, they should be good at briefings. That means conversant with the product and used to handling questions and objections. That's a great question. We have thought long and hard about that, and here's what we came up with. Just as I described in the section on SAS days, the presentation should be professional. Not a lot of bullet points, but lots of data. And keep the number of slides down. You try sitting through four to six briefings a day and see how you feel at the end of a day of slide presentations. Now, some pointed advice on those slide presentations. Send your slides to the analyst beforehand. Don't even bother scheduling a WebEx or other online presentation. The analyst is not necessarily sitting at her desk. She may be at the gate waiting for a flight or in a hotel room with no Internet access. You will see why the analyst likes to have the slides as soon as you start the presentation. She will interrupt to ask you to skip ahead to what you do. She will stipulate the existence of the problem. No need to go through the slide with the graph that goes up exponentially to the right, or the slide with the headlines from the papers, or the survey results that demonstrate 9 out of 10 CIOs agree. If you do include those slides, be prepared for that interruption. It is the analyst's favorite trick. But it is not spiteful. She has seen all those slides a hundred times. She has created slides like that and even includes them in her own presentations. You are talking to the expert on the problem and the solution. Get to your solution. I recommend starting off with the Who We Are slide that lists the top salient points. Who are your founders, key people? Where are you located? What do you do? How big are you? Sales, revenue, etc. Let her pigeonhole you. It's the way an analyst's brain works. It has to be that way, considering the amount of data and the number of vendors she talks to. The very next slide should be a big, beautiful picture of your product. If it is a hardware product, this is great. If it is software or a service, it's harder. Figure that out. You'll need that picture for lots of other reasons anyway. Now, dive into how your product works. What components, what features, speeds, and feeds? Analysts love data. Have I said that before? Pay attention to the questions the analyst poses. Answer honestly and professionally. By way of example, let me tell you about a briefing from Hell. A very big technology company and a very big Gartner client scheduled a briefing with four analysts in the security group to introduce them to the huge effort they were launching in the security space, Security Professional Services. We got on the call and were exposed to a 70-page PowerPoint. It went on and on and on. There was no data, only bullet points about how well-positioned the company was to offer consulting services. The four analysts were all on AOL Instant Messenger, and our chat messages were less than complimentary. 
We colluded on who would ask what question to trip them up. We took turns putting ourselves on mute and getting up to go to the bathroom. It was a miserable and memorable moment. From that time on, I refused to have anything to do with that vendor. I would not take calls from them, and I made sure I was not available for their big analyst day or SAS engagements. Don't be that vendor. I never heard anything more of their professional services effort. It probably never got off the ground. They killed it with a PowerPoint presentation. Every briefing should accomplish four goals. 1. Build a relationship. 2. Form the overall opinion of your company. 3. Gather intelligence on what the analyst is looking for. 4. Plant a tagline in the analyst's brain. Build a relationship. Every interaction with the analyst builds on your relationship, but the briefing is a structured opportunity to establish a communication bond. It is important to identify who is going to represent the company to the analyst. Contact consistency is key. If a different person briefs the analyst each time, they are not going to know anyone at your company at all. There are two separate bonds to create, the bond with the AR person and the bond with the product person. The AR person is going to quickly get on a first-name basis with the analyst. She or he is the communicator, one who knows the company's message, people, and business, but not necessarily the ins and outs of the product. Not being technical is fine. The analyst does not expect the AR person to answer questions on product details, but the AR person is an excellent facilitator. This is the person who arranges all the briefings and inquiries and is in on all the calls. If the analyst ever has a question, you want him to feel that he can reach out directly by email and eventually phone the AR person. The AR person must get back to him as quickly as possible with the answer. Always cite the source when doing so. Mention by name the CEO, CTO, or product specialist that provides the answer. Always build on the analyst's understanding of who your company is. The AR person must attend events at which the key analysts are present. Build on the relationship by associating a face or personality with the name and voice on the phone. Schedule a breakfast meeting to include the AR person, the analyst, and the CEO or product specialist. Get to know the analyst. What are his interests? He will have a lot. I have found that analysts may not be the warmest creatures, but they have varied interests and usually more than one area of expertise. He may be a marathon runner or a skier or engage in adventure travel. He may be a ham radio enthusiast or collector of some arcane art objects. He may dream of being a cooper. I am thinking of an analyst friend whose dream of making barrels coincides with my interest in distilling whiskey. Analyst personalities come in all types. Some are aloof. Some are full of themselves. Some are meek and nerdy. For the most part, they do not excel at people skills. If they did, they probably would have become managers or executives. When getting to know an analyst, keep in mind that all analysts are experts and they know it. They are extremely confident on their home turf, their area of expertise. That is why they respond so well to questions. They know the answers, and they revel in providing them. Often that confidence leaks over into other fields that they are not experts in, politics, health, the economy. Continue to feed their need and ask questions about those topics as well. There is a certain class of analysts who treats vendors with scorn. I think it's because they became analysts before they were experts in a field. For a period in the late 90s, Gardner experimented with hiring writers and journalists, sometimes right out of school. 
The idea was that as the company grew, they would not be able to afford to hire the experts in every field. They wanted to create a business model that did not rely on finding and retaining rock stars. After all, having the Gartner Analyst title should be enough to establish the credentials of an analyst. Of course, since writing and communicating are such important qualities for an analyst, many of these recruits turned into superb analysts. But along the way, many of them picked up on the wrong attitudes. Analysts are selected for stubbornness, as I pointed out, and they're trained to be contrarians, curmudgeons. When they are new to Gartner, they sit in on a lot of analyst calls and briefings to learn the ropes. When they see the senior analyst being harsh to a vendor, they begin to assume that is what makes a good analyst. And, let's face it, the most controversial and reputation-building successes an analyst may be known for is his or her criticism of a market-leading vendor. The novice picks up on this and thinks that vendor bashing is the essence of being an analyst. In truth, this is very wrong. A senior analyst who came from industry, a senior analyst who came from industry, realizes that the space they cover was created by vendors. All of the innovation and forward movement comes from vendors. Because, after all, the vendors are the only ones that have more contact with end users than the analysts do. Their products are the result of many iterations of responding to customer requests for modifications or feature enhancement. Savvy analysts will still beat up on the vendors, but will exhibit much more respect than the younger breed of analyst. If your analyst is one of these vendor bashers, be comforted that the rest of the vendors in your space get the same harsh treatment. You just have to do a better job of managing your analyst than your competitors. A word of warning. A bond between an analyst and an AR person is fungible. The AR person can take the relationship with them if they are wooed away by a competitor. So show some love to this key person. He or she has a hard job that often goes unrecognized. Demonstrate that recognition and never pin responsibility for missing a target in magic quadrant placement on the analyst relations person. Executing on the MQ strategy is the responsibility of the whole organization. Oh, and if you are the AR person, the immediate supervisor, the head of corporate communications, or the CMO, never commit to a particular goal. You can influence your placement on the magic quadrant. You cannot guarantee it. During briefings is when you also build the connection between the analyst and your product expert. Your expert may be the technical founder of your company if you are still small and growing, or it may be the product engineer or manager if you are a large established firm. It should not be the product marketing person. It has to be someone who works on developing the product, who knows the code that it is written in, who works with customers on product issues. In short, the technical owner of the product. This person will probably be more technical than the analyst and thus command respect if he or she is also a well-known name in the industry from previous successes or work in the open source community, all the better. Make sure the product expert understands the complete strategy for analyst influence. Share the goal and the plan. Get him or her to understand the importance of analyst influence. Give him a copy of this book. Stress that there are things that can be learned from the analyst. The product expert should be shepherded by the AR contact who will work to create opportunities to strengthen the bond with the analyst. Any white papers the product expert has written or videos he or she has produced should be shared with the analyst. The more the expert can teach the analyst, the better. 
The AR person will arrange the breakfast or dinner with the analyst at conferences. The product expert will convey the excitement of what he or she is working on. If the product expert is not a fluid communicator, that is okay. Certainly fluidity and comfort comes with practice, maybe a little training, but the analyst will cut him some slack. They deal with geeks within their client base all the time. Form the overall opinion of your company. The second purpose of the briefing is to convey a solid understanding of what your company is, ability to execute, and what your company does, completeness of vision. This might be hard if you are HP or Yahoo right now. If the company is not even sure of where they're heading and what business they are in, the analyst will pick up on that. If you have a complicated message and a complicated go-to-market strategy, simplify. Make the image of your company easy to fit into the magic quadrant you're targeting. By way of illustration, your company has a complete suite of office productivity tools, from word processing to financial planning to integrated voice text video. The analyst, however, only covers word processors and is gathering data for the next MQ on word processors. Don't depict your company as one that has dozens of perfectly integrated tools of which word processing is a small part. Paint your company as a word processing company that has built dozens of ancillary products that feed into the word processor. See what that does? Your disjointed scope is transformed into demonstrable completeness of vision. This example may seem like a stretch on my part to make a point, but talk to Fortinet if you want a real-world example. They built a new security platform that is not only a firewall, but incorporates the features of products that reside in as many as eight different magic quadrants. When they make a pitch to get included in the MQ on secure web gateways, the devices that prevent you from going to malicious or inappropriate websites from work, they're told only purpose-built secure web gateways are allowed in the MQ. You have a multi-purpose device, so it can't be included. Imagine the frustration. Fortinet has more secure web gateways deployed than any of the vendors in the MQ, but it's not included. Gather intelligence on what the analyst is looking for. It's during the briefing that you're going to be exposed to how the analyst thinks about the space. Try to understand that as clearly as you can. Ask questions for clarity. This intelligence is going to inform all of your future communication with the analyst. She thinks that growth in number of resellers is a key indicator of ability to execute? Make sure she knows about every major reseller you sign up and the upward trend in numbers of resellers. Ask her to define completeness of vision. Is it a spread of products across consumer SMB enterprise? Is it a particular feature, a cloud strategy, scalability? Your competitors, who are already in the leader's quadrant, should have all the qualities she mentions. If they don't, ask how they became leaders. Take what you learn and stress these areas of development in future briefings. If you're missing one of the requirements that demonstrate completeness of vision, come up with a strategy to get there. This is vision, after all. You don't necessarily have to have the feature, just the plan to get there. Plant a tagline in the analyst's brain. Have you seen the movie Inception? Leonardo DiCaprio is challenged to take on the hardest task of all. Plant an idea in someone's head that he thinks is his own. That is what you have to do in the briefing, without the benefit of a dream-making machine. Start small with implanting a tagline. I can tell you that by the end of a busy week of briefings, I cannot remember what the vendor I talked to on Monday even does without referring to my notes. 
At the minimum, you want to implant a memory in the analyst's brain of who you are, your company name, and what you do. We are iKangaroo, the marsupial tracking software company. In the strange way the world works, the very next week a Gartner client will call to inquire about marsupial tracking software. If you've done your job, the analyst will spend half an hour talking about your products. That's the easy part. The next task is much more difficult. You want to plant the seed of what makes you different. What about your company might force the analyst to rethink his own assumptions about completeness of vision in his MQ? We are the only marsupial tracking company to realize that all marsupials have pouches. If you accomplish this, you are the de facto visionary. Now all you have to work on is ability to execute. Think long and hard about what you want to surgically implant in the analyst's brain. Going back and removing it or replacing it may be impossible. Ideas are like cancer. They grow. The best possible way to implant an idea is to create that inception moment. Give the analyst all the information she needs to come up with the idea on her own. Often, you'll be able to tell. The tone of the briefing changes. The analyst gets it. She starts asking clarifying questions. If you are a client, she may even state it for you. Hey, you are the only vendor in the space that actually uses pouches for marsupial tracking. Your job is done. I have had this strategy expertly played on me recently. Nine years ago, when I was at Gartner, I was responsible for the Intrusion Detection, IDS, Magic Quadrant. Three different startups briefed me in the same month. Their message was, IDS does not work. Intrusion Prevention, IPS, is what is needed. I was skeptical at first, but they kept hammering at me, in particular the CTO of one firm. I began to dig into how IDS was being used within the Gartner client base. Everyone deployed IDS, but they all ignored the millions of alerts it generated. It was expensive and so unmanageable that no one managed it. The upshot was that I canceled the IDS MQ and began the IPS Magic Quadrant, leaving it to my replacement when I left Gartner. Two years ago, the same CTO from that IPS vendor had moved on and began reaching out to me. We had dinner whenever I was in town. He was on to something big, he would tell me. He was planting the seed. Last year, he got funding and hired the AR person from his previous company and set up a briefing. Note that he went into the first briefing with an established dual bond. He was the product expert bond. She was the AR bond. Halfway through the briefing, it clicked. They were reinventing another space. I could write that the legacy technology was dead. Their new approach was the way to go. You could feel the high fives over the phone. They had succeeded in implanting an idea in my head, and I was the one to connect the dots. That is masterful use of a briefing.